You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, we invite your apprehensive Welcome to the Afro Existential Podcast, a play and podcast in one. We're your hosts, Blaine Sparks Teamer and Indira Wilson. And for the next 25, give or take minutes, we ask you to take a moment, ladies and gentlemen, and think outside your box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, Blaine. Thank you, Indira. Welcome back yourself. This is exciting, and we want to welcome back everybody to episode two of the Afro Existential Podcast. Thank you for coming back. We hope that you've had an opportunity to listen to scene two of the wonderful play Dead Weight, A Journey into Afro Existentialism. By this point, everybody should have listened to episode one, so we're going to circle back and talk about episode one, because we didn't really do that in the first go-round. No, we didn't. We just were, we were just getting through. We were doing it with spit and tape. <laughs> now we're pulling it together with duct tape. With duct tape, yeah, we've kicked it up a notch. And the feedback has been so positive. And it's been nice to hear that people are enjoying the fruits of our labor. So that's really nice. To be able to create this art during this sort of global crisis and to be talking about what we're talking about, it has been so freeing and so helpful for me. And I hope what we're able to do is make it helpful for our listeners. Yes, definitely. So let's kick off by talking about episode one so far and what's going on, like what, what's happening. Crazy Georgina and her crazy son. <laughs> are you team Georgina or are you team Oliver? I go back and forth. Right now I might be team... Georgina today. But usually I'm pretty much team Oliver. I'm like, let's let's get this body moved. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? This is very interesting. Normally I am team Oliver. Mm-hmm. Like I don't see what the problem is. Like, let's make it happen. Now the trick is, is that you need to know who your team is and who you're going to do it with. I would not do it if I didn't have the right person to do it with. And that might be why right now I'm on Team Georgina, because I would worry about Oliver being a part of my team. Okay. There are some people, he's, he's a little shifty and shady. She's Mm. protective of her, of her child. Right. You know, she knows she didn't raise him right. Right. Does she know? She knows. Does she she know? know. Mm, (laughs) But you know, you know, deep down inside who your children are, but a mother's love makes you 
love them beyond their tragic flaws. Right. Right. And so I think maybe that's why in this global pandemic, it's made me a little bit more aware of my support team, you know, right. and who I right. would trust as well as, you know, who we're, I, I don't want to evoke his name, but person who is leading quote right. unquote, right. you think a lot about trust. Right. Right. And that really was a huge inspiration for this play because I wrote it right when he was running for president. I don't want to say the person's name either. I feel it's like Rumpelstiltskin. Like, you know, if you say Rumpelstiltskin, it appears like he just shows up. So I don't <laughs> want to give that any more power than I have to. I actually kind of like the idea of calling him Rumpelstiltskin. So it was like Rumpelstiltskin. And, uh, <laughs> and I was watching it happen and I was seeing what was going on. And I was like, this is a, this is about the normalization of bad faith, of mm -hmm. deception, of lying. And it's being normalized by this administration. And instead of writing something that was big, I really wanted to make it smaller and personalize it and hopefully bring it down to a level that we can understand because it's all the same thing. It's all about people who are, who are deceptive. Mm. And so we know people, like we don't have to look to the White House or outside of ourselves. We have it around us now because it's been so normalized. Well, Blaine, can you explain what bad faith is? I would love to. Give me a beat. What is bad faith? Bad faith is intentional deceit of others or self-deception. It is self-deception. It is a violation of basic standards of honesty in dealing with others. Basically, it is being two-faced. In existentialism, it is the refusal to confront facts or choices. It is the refusal to confront facts or choices. It is self-deception. Well, I think you explained it very, very well. Now, can you tell me, though, in regards to bad faith, can we talk a little bit about how Georgina and Oliver are exhibiting bad faith? There are so many examples where it's being done. Georgina is constantly saying to Brady, you know, I don't know how you can watch these horrible shows. You know, when did other people's misery become entertainment? Like, this is just so horrible. But clearly, we now know that Brady is not watching these shows. Georgina's watching the shows, mm. right? She has been saved. She's going to church. She accepts the blood of Jesus. But at the same time, she used her Ouija board to speak to her ancestors, <laughs> right? That doesn't, that's not in alignment with each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, the, the main way is she's baking a cake for the church fundraiser, but her husband is sitting there dead in a chair and they're having the discussion back and forth about what they should do with him. So on the one hand, she is this church going, I do this every year, I'm so selfless, this is what I do, I gotta get these cakes there. So at the, but at the same time, she, you know, they are, it looks like they're concocting some plan to do something that's unscrupulous. So we didn't really get a chance in episode one to talk about Afro-existentialism. And I, when I bring it up, when I say that word, there's like a glazed look that goes over people's faces. Is it? We've talked about it so much that we get it. It's such a different way of thinking 
you really have to deconstruct so much of what we've been taught. And that can be very hard. Very difficult. You know, well, tell them a little bit more about the basic things of Afro-existentialism. Okay, so I'm going to try to simplify it as much as I can. So it starts with this philosophy called existentialism. One of the main principles of it is each person is a free and responsible agent determining their own development through acts of pure will. I saw instances where that did not ring true for me. And let me point out that translates into how we operate on a daily basis into the notions of pulling oneself up by your bootstraps. Exactly. That you should be able to pull yourselves up by your bootstraps and everything will be fine. Right. And if you're, and if you're, and if you're not fine, well, you're not, you're not trying pulling enough. up. You're not not trying enough. Enough. Right. And what happens is, is that that simple principle has been weaved into theology, sociology. So it's, almost ingrained into our DNA and thinking. So when we we're more apt to believe if it's not happening, it's because, well, we're not trying hard enough or we're not good enough or we're not dressed properly or we don't have the right suit on or our name is wrong or our name is too this or we're too this or it's because I'm a woman or it's because I'm too old or whatever. And so I felt I, I needed to speak to that and came up with this notion of Afro-existentialism stating that my belief was that free will alone is not a determining factor. It's not. You can want to will something. You know, we're in the midst right now of George Floyd being murdered by the police. Mm -hmm. And so if you use that philosophy, it's like, well, he could have used his free will. He, you know, he, he didn't will it enough. Like it's somehow his responsibility that that happened. Exactly. He somehow, somehow brought that on himself. Right. And what happens is, is that we need to believe that because our brains would crack and have if we realized the truth that it was nothing that he did or could have done, which means that there's nothing that we could do or could have done in a similar situation. And, and speak- it's outside of our control. And speaking to that crack is I think that is why we like to say that everybody's having an Afro existential crisis right now because right, right. there has been a crack by seeing that man die yeah and it has cracked everybody's mind you know everybody from black people to allies Mm -hmm. for a moment right but i think also i think also what it was the covid pandemic and what people realized was was that we are all in the same friggin' boat. So we may be on the Titanic and you may be in first class, but this boat is going to sink and it doesn't matter where you are. So it's, it's really, it's a moment in time where it leveled the playing field. And I think a lot of people who did not feel vulnerable before suddenly felt, oh, I can get this. You know, I have insurance, I have a job, I have this, I have that, I can get this and die. I'm successful, but so it just leveled the playing field. And then you have this, we're home and we're sequestered. Um, we're sheltering in place, we're quarantined. And this murder is being played on a loop. And I think just the combination, it was like something happened in people's psyche where they're like... Now, this might be a question for another time, but if we're all on the Titanic... Mm-hmm. And some people are in first class and mm-hmm. some of us are in steerage. Right. Is that a real, is that a real level on the boat steerage? Cause I'll go with it. If it's steerage, what is, what are you doing if you're steerage? I feel like I've watched the movie Titanic and I think that okay. there There's is a steerage, steerage department. Okay. But I'm going to Google it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to Google it and everybody Google it with me. 
<laughs> the question for another time, Blaine, is we're all in this together. We're all on the same playing field at this very moment. Who's going to get the lifeboats? <laughs> like, who's, and I think that's what everybody is trying to figure out. That's what happens after these moments. I think you begin to clamor and go, who gets the lifeboats? Get the life, lifeboats. And if we, I think if we accept Afro existentialism, you can say, oh, I know who would typically get the lifeboats, but let me act accordingly and right. to make sure that I get on the boat. That I get a boat and everybody I need to be on a boat gets on a boat. Right. Right. But we'll get that again. That's down the line and probably act accordingly. Okay. <laughs> lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, the first thing is that free will is not the only determining factor. And the second thing is, is that biases have always existed, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just stop trying to, I feel like we spend a lot of energy trying to convince people that biases exist. And there's too much historical data evidence to prove that it does exist. And so the energy that it takes to, it's like using the energy that you would use to try to get someone to quit smoking. So there's tons of data saying that smoking causes cancer and that Mm -hmm. it's not healthy for you and that it's hurtful to other people around you. And it's very difficult to convince people to stop smoking still, right? And what I'm saying is, is that instead, that can still happen. You know, there can be a campaign to say, okay, smoking is bad. But I don't feel like you and I are having enough conversations to figure out how to strategize when these biases are happening. And you may have figured out one way to do something. Like we have conversations all the time and I'm like, oh my God, like you've done something. And I'm like, that's, that's a brilliant way to deal with that, you know? And we don't have enough of, like those are the conversations that we uh, need to have more of. And, you know, we're going to talk to, our guest is going to talk about bad faith in politics. Mm-hmm. And you and I've talked about, you know, you look at, you know, these places where, the polling places are being shut down. Right. And there's nowhere to vote or there's one place to vote, right? And there's all these parameters set up to prevent you from voting, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but what happens is that happens over and over and over and over and over and over again. So how many times does that need to happen before we say, okay, this is what they normally do. Mm-hmm. Now, how are we going to strategize our lives to make sure that the people in our community who want to vote, vote. Now, they may lose the ballots. They may, who knows what they're going to do. But let's make our objective of getting as many people to the polling place, wherever it is, you know, they're going to put it 50 miles away. Right. What's our plan to circumvent what we know that they're going to do? Do we need to bring long chairs? Do we need to have a barbecue? Do we need to have music playing? Like, if we're going to be in line for three hours or four hours, you know, do we need to do a mail-in ballot? It's a chess game, right? Yeah. So they have an objective. 
and we should have an objective and it, we can't get wrapped up into like oh it's so wrong it's so bad and so the therefore right they shouldn't do it the right and wrong of it because they're going to do it and we're going to be frustrated when they do it so right. why not just make the assumption that this is what they're going to do and they may do something totally different that happens a lot to you prepare for one thing and something totally different happens but at least you can say you know what we came we brought our lawn chairs we had water we uh, may not we have got gotten 100% of the people to vote but we certainly got more than we would have had we not prepared exactly exactly and and there is a space for there's always a space in the world for right and wrong but there's that's a legal that's a legal battle that someone is taking care of right but in the or not or not or not you no know, they not. did a dry run in georgia in this last election and showed their hand you know to be true to what you're saying now if we accept right. that to be true we got a couple more months before this big major election we right. know that there are going to be no polling places in african-american communities we already know that and we know the excuses that they're using so right. it is it's still very important to accept that that is happening right it's not right uh what's the not whitney right. Houston song it's it's not right but it's okay i'm gonna make it anyway <laughs> right but it's okay that's right it's not right but it's okay it's okay. And sometimes I think people get overwhelmed because, you know, right and wrong often seems quantifiable. We all know what's right. We all know what's wrong. And some of this seems like maybe a mystery. Like I could try all this, but will it work? You know, I think that you have to put together, if you can accept that things are happening, there are a lot of plans that have to be put on the table in order to overcome or circumvent the biases that the to circumvent the people that are trying to hold us down you know it's right. not going to be i want to i think i'm saying this to make the point of that it's not going to be one answer no and that's what right and wrong does right and wrong often produces sort of one good answer you know if we right. stick to right we can all get behind right but this is going to be everybody has to do the work and it's going on on a, a large level but on an individual day to day level as well yeah like we all have to sign these petitions we right. all have to go out and vote but we all probably need to make sure we are taking five people with us to vote that we right. are taking right. care of the elderly people to right. make sure that they get there to you make know, sure that they're that they elderly people in your life are getting their ballots sent out that they're filing for them that frankly one of the biggest things is making sure you're even on the voter rolls exactly yeah and uh, our guest our guest is going to talk about that and you know things to keep in mind you know six months ahead of time a month ahead of time a week ahead of time and the day of and i'm yeah. excited for them to hear the interview yeah he's great ladies and gentlemen so we have a great interview for you guys today yes we're going to talk to david sparks david sparks is another one of the uh, actors in the play who blessed us with his talents, but he's also one of the smartest people that I know. And he's an attorney. And he's deeply involved in politics. And uh, we talked to him about bad faith in politics, but we took it a little further because I wanted to kind of figure out and come up with a solution, at least one solution, about what we could do with what's going on currently. So this is David Sparks. Let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen. 
So I think one of the most blatant examples of bad faith in this current administration and really in this whole concept of democracy that we're supposed to be operating under is that certain people have made it very clear that their goal is to make it harder for people to participate in the democratic process through what everybody knows as voter suppression, uh, which can take many forms, but uh, their entire um, path to staying in political power is to make it harder for people to vote. But it's very important for us to make sure that we pay attention to the Secretary of State election in every state, because that is the person in every state that generally decides how elections are going to go in each state. And it's one of those down-ballot offices that people don't pay a lot of attention to. We'll vote for governor, you know, we'll vote for senator, but secretary of state is extremely important. And what we see now in those states that have secretaries of state that believe in the right to vote, voting access is, is better. And so that's crucial. So, for example, in, uh, we've seen in Georgia and Kentucky a number of polling places that have been closed. Um, in Kentucky in this past primary, there was only one polling place for Louisville. And so that is a function of state legislatures. And so we have to really start, you know, this is years in advance, you know, looking at uh, what's going on with our state legislatures. One thing that is important for us to always know is who our elected representatives are. And so um, there are several websites, um, there are several places you can go to say, who is my representative? And they will tell you who your person is. And a call from a constituent, you know, is important. And so make your feelings known about um, what's happening in terms of how districts are being drawn. Every jurisdiction is going to have a way for you to check what your status is. And so everyone should do that because we've had instances of people being dropped from voter rolls, you know, intentionally or not. Um, we've had other errors in terms of people's uh, registrations that didn't reflect what they thought it did. So one of the first things we have to do is make sure that you check what your current registration status is. Um, then you should find out what your polling place is. It's very on point that you mentioned what to do a month before and what to do a week before because polling places have changed. And so someone thought they knew what their polling place was a month before, but then a week before or two days before the election, it's, it's somewhere else. The day before is you really should have a what is your plan for voting. So if you're going to have to take time off work, make sure that that's arranged. If you're going to need a ride, make sure that that's arranged. But you really should have a very specific plan on how you're going to vote. And um, be prepared, if you're voting in person, that it may be a long wait. Be prepared for that. You know, people talk about bringing lawn chairs, bringing water, um, but just to be prepared for what you're going to face. So to the extent that people can volunteer to work at the polls, that's a great thing. There are organizations that also um, need volunteers to help protect people's right to vote. I've done that several times. Now the other thing that's really important and that's going on right now is everybody needs to fill out the census. And you can do that online, you can do that by mail, but that's also another tool that's used 
to allocate how many representatives a particular state has. Um, and so in, in addition to using the census to allocate resources, the census is also used to draw those district boundaries. So again, the two things are know who your representative is and contact them and make your, make your opinions known in terms of any kind of redistricting that's going on and definitely fill out the census. You know, it's really incumbent upon all of us uh, to really be uh, about the serious business of voting and doing whatever we can do to make sure that we're in position to cast our votes. We would like to thank you guys for listening to the second episode of the Afro Existential Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. And have a great day on purpose. Give me a B. Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.